Welcome to the Aron Sports Podcast. Listen in as professional handicappers Frank and Rob break down this week's wagers on a game-by-game basis. Tomorrow, the last soccer keep his money. Is there a lot of money to be made in that line of business? Nothing is impossible. You can shear a sheep many times, but skin him only once. Obsession. It's a young man's guy. This is exactly my point. Take it easy, take it easy. Simple, my paper, not easy. What's all that about? You're my older brother, and I love you. But don't ever take sides with anyone against the family again. What I think I meant to say was just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. I'm here to give you a show what it's missing. You guys are crazy. You ready? Ready? Set? Set. One, two, three, go! All right, all right. Welcome to the Roan Sports Podcast. It's Tuesday, November 29th, 2016. Just about done with November here already. Just uh, completed Thanksgiving weekend. Only got a handful of weeks here in the left in the NFL season, so it's it's amazing how quick it goes by every year. It seems like you're uh, searching out uh, your sleepers, you're uh, getting your power ratings together here in the preseason, looking at some Potential, you know, division prices and whatnot, and we're almost already done with the season already here. So it's quick, uh, amazing how quick it goes. Whatever, but so far I've been uh, been plotting along here and having a decent NFL season, not the best, but uh, also not the worst, and turning a little bit of a profit here. So let's uh, check in with Rob out in Vegas. How you, how you doing, Rob? I'm doing all right. Yeah, it's like you mentioned, it's uh, crazy how quickly it's winding down. Seems like it just started not too long ago, a couple weeks ago. It seems like, but obviously not. So it's crazy how quick this NFL season goes. Yeah, it's amazing. Obviously, being uh, Vikings fans, you would have told me a month and a half ago where they'd be at this point. I would have uh, thought you were crazy. But it's amazing how that season's progressed. Uh, you know, as a, as a lot of teams have this year. Yeah, long shot to make the playoffs after a five and zero start. Pretty crazy. Yep, absolutely. But uh, let's. First, uh, start off the podcast by doing our weekly recap. The weekend recap. So overall, how did uh, the Thanksgiving week treat you there? Actually, uh, pretty good. Three no, three no weekend for that uh, Thanksgiving weekend. Had Washington there on Thanksgiving Day. A um, little bit dicey, but I think uh, it was the right side and a lot of uh, a lot of money there late that came in and. Moved it down. I think I even saw five at close. Uh, Dallas is minus five. I got it. Washington plus seven and a half. Personally, or no seven. I'm sorry. Uh, even money is what I got it at. Released at minus one hundred five. And and then uh, they, they played them pretty well. I thought though, uh, even though they they lost by five, it uh, I was pretty impressed with how they played. I think it's just another tip your cap type of game to Dallas. They just keep coming up in, in spots that aren't super favorable for them. Um, not necessarily that was a terrible spot for them, but. And then I also came through on uh, Sunday with San Diego. Got them earlier in the week at a pick, and that game closed at, I don't know if it got to three or not, but it closed at two and a half. Not and, quite, yeah. No, not quite. And then I had uh, Tennessee release that at two. Kind of got lucky there with the injury to Cutler, but um, I don't think it was a huge downgrade really after watching it, but they, that game closed at, like, was it seven? And uh, almost seven, yeah, so that was another game that just had – Moved a lot just from that injury, but I think it was a little bit of steam, too, so it wasn't all just the injury. But all in all, it was a, a good week, so hopefully we continue that going uh, in a week 13 here. Yeah, I went 2-1 uh, and one on my release plays at aroundsports.com and then hit another play of the week with that uh, Thanksgiving Turkey Day teaser. 
So that there was nice. Is. I got, uh, I don't know what that is weeks wise now. It's four in a row or somewhere around there for my play of the week. So hopefully you've been, uh, been riding those and, uh, I know you hit yours too. So it's been a good couple weeks there for the, the AS pick of the week. So anyway, let's, uh, enough talking about last week. Let's, uh, look forward to the four this week. And, uh, first, as always, even though we didn't have any buys last week, it looks like we do have two buys this week. So who's on buy this week, Rob? Uh, we got the Tennessee Titans and the Cleveland Browns. Okay. Uh, what do you think about Cleveland? You think they're going to win a game this year? I do not think so. I don't know what the odds <laughs> are on that, but doesn't they got like that. They got the Bengals coming up at home, then at the Bills, then the Chargers at home, then at the Steelers. Yeah, that uh, doesn't seem like a too likely windy. And I, I kind of had some faith in them back, you know, three, four, five weeks ago. But the last couple weeks, they've just been pretty dreadful. Just basically, their whole whole sales pretty much just had a hole in it, in my opinion. Yeah, I flip flopped them. I know we were both high on the the Niners being the worst team in the league about five weeks ago, but I think it's hard to have the Niners worse than the Browns at this point. So I think the Browns took over the the flag for worst team in the league, in my opinion. Yeah, definitely. I think, though, next week against the Bengals at home, that might be their best chance. The oh, yeah. Bengals team might be, you know, might be in a downward uh, tailspin here, quitting, so I think, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that next week, but I think that's, if they're going to win a game, I think next week might be the week. Yeah. So, anyway, let's uh, jump into games here. Uh, first one up we got is Thursday, uh, Thursday night affair, an interesting schedule quirk here where uh, we got the Cowboys at the Vikings, and both teams played on Thanksgiving last Thursday, and now they come right back on another Thursday night. It's kind of an interesting uh, scheduling deal here for the league to set us up with. So uh, my my guess for this one, Dallas at Minnesota was Dallas, uh, four-point favorite. What did you have? Yep, right on. I had Dallas minus four as well. Uh, my power rating had Dallas minus three. The Westgate Superbook and here in Las Vegas, which we use for our openers and look-ahead lines, they had the opener for this game at Dallas minus 3, and the look-ahead from the week before had Dallas minus 2. Um, this game got up to 3.5. Now it's kind of either 3.5 with heavy juice towards Dallas, I mean, sorry, towards Minnesota, or yeah, I guess there's really not any threes out there that I see. Um, but I am on... Hopped on Minnesota here. Not 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 too confident of a play, but I figured taking that hook there, three and a half. Um, I actually did get a four, but uh, three and a half widely available is, I think, a pretty decent bet here. If Dallas is a pretty good team, they've been running good. What's their like ten? I think they're nine and one or ten and one against the spread now. And obviously yeah, depending on when you got that opening game. Uh, yeah. So, and then that's you know it's pretty impressive. Um, a lot of the first not covered there against Washington uh, last week, which I was on. But it, uh, yeah, this sets up a game where you know Minnesota's in desperate desperation mode. So I think they'd be able to step up. But I, I really don't have a whole lot of confidence in this team. But I'm more just looking at them at home, and I know it's Thursday, so I like taking points compared to giving them. Although it seems like it's been, uh, I'm pretty sure it seems at least this year it's been better to take the favorite. I, I believe they've been doing really well in Thursday night games. But I don't know if that, I think that's more just a fluky, fluky trend. But um, I, I also like. Uh, the over in this game, which I did release as a play, uh, Minnesota and Dallas over 43 and a half. See some 44s popping here. It was at 43, and I kind of waited to see where the money was going to go because 
totals for the Minnesota have usually just been getting pounded under. But this defense is a little sloppy here, and I think they're a little bit overvalued. And, and Dallas has obviously a pretty good offense. And I think Minnesota Minnesota's offense is at least a little bit better. So I think you know, defense a little bit overvalued, and the Minnesota offense is pretty much rock bottom valued, so and, you know, a little bit undervalued there. So that's why I like the over and, and take Minnesota with the points and see what happens. Yeah, from a, to piggyback on the totals perspective there, um, I know the Dallas secondary is decently banged up. I saw a tweet earlier today that they're, I don't know, like 26th and 30th and um, where their ranks in terms of overall defense and uh, our secondary adjusted stats. So I I can see where if, I mean, if the, the Vikings offense is ever going to get it going, I think that maybe could have some success down the field here against this Dallas defense. But and it's a big, big leap of faith to make based on what we've seen from the Vikings here in recent weeks. So I'm not really sure. I, I was pretty confident the Vikings are going to get it done there against Detroit um, Thanksgiving. But uh, another another frustrating game where it seems like they, uh, you know, could have, could have easily won that game, and they just didn't end up doing it. So it's been kind of a common theme here over the last couple months. Uh, whether whether they can get it done against Dallas, I'm not. You know, not the. I don't have a whole lot of faith in them, especially with how solid Dallas is. Dallas is a team that uh, it's been kind of spot proof, and uh, it's just the way they run the ball, and uh, they just they haven't even been creating turnovers, and they're still just consistently winning week in, week out, basically just with great line play and, um, you know, consistent, decent quarterback play and an average to, you know, below average defense has just kind of been the formula for them. And none of that stuff's really that fluky or, you know, likely to change anytime soon. So uh, you never know. I think it's this is a deal where Minnesota's going to compete in this game and potentially win it. It's going to be based on them playing really well, not, Dallas shooting themselves in the foot and just handing over the game to them. And, and I just don't really trust the Vikings to take over and win a game by outplaying somebody at this point. But Thursday night at home, uh, after Dallas travels, you know, I guess it's not on a short week because, like I said, they both get the full week off. But um, every, everyone should be fired up, and this is kind of a back-against-your-wall, season-against-the-wall type situation for the Vikings. So you should get a really good effort from them. Uh, hopefully they play a little bit more aggressively and try to ball downfield a little bit more, but uh, whether they can actually do that with their offensive line, I'm, I'm not totally sure. I agree that I'd lean taking the points when it's over a field goal like it is, but I also don't know if I really want to step in front of Dallas at this point, especially the team I don't really trust in the Vikings. So I think it's a decently easy stay away from me on the side, and then I would agree that I'd lean to the over with you, but I don't think I'm going to quite get there. Although that is uh, is the way I look, so I think for me I might just stay away from this one as a Thursday night game, even though it should be played more like a regular Thursday night game with a little bit of normal rest. Um, I mean, like a normal you know regular season game. But uh, I'll be uh, just watching this one as a fan, and hopefully we can get a good football game out of it. You can slide uh, under the number there to cash your ticket. Yeah, about uh, you know twenty. 27-24 final in favor of the Vikings, and I'd like that. <laughs> there you go. Um, all right, next game uh, is the start of the Sunday games. We have, what is it here? We got eight and four split, I think, on Sunday. Yeah, you got eight early games, so that's nice. I like, I think eight's a perfect number, personally. So the first one up here we got is Denver at Jacksonville. And in this one, my guess was Denver minus three and a half. What did you have? 
My guess was Denver minus four and a half. My power rating had Denver minus three. The Westgate opened this game Denver minus five, and the look ahead was Denver minus four and a half. So, uh, obviously with this game, there's not really much to say. It's right where I'm expected to be. My power rating should say taking Jacksonville here, so, I mean, that's the way I look, but Jacksonville just, uh, they've been pretty competitive, actually, and I know you had Jacksonville last week and covered, but that Buffalo team, I don't know, they had uh, not really too high on Buffalo, I guess I should say, and, and Jacksonville still couldn't really get it done. And it's, uh, yeah, they kind of stick with them, and I'm not really high on this Denver team either. They look pretty good. I know that's what people are going to remember. They stuck with Kansas City there at Sunday Night Football and look pretty look pretty good, but it's just, uh, I, I don't know, this is a, it's a tough game. So, yeah, it's just Jacksonville at the points here. I'm maybe just see if I can get a, get it up to six or six and a half, then I might you know, take make a small bet on Jacksonville. But right now I'm probably just going to stay away. Yeah, it's really unfortunate here that Denver didn't pull off that game on Sunday night because if you would have got the Broncos coming off a primetime rivalry win then uh, and then traveling across country for an early start to play a Jacksonville team, that would have been just about the perfect setup for a huge letdown on Denver's part. But the fact that they kind of blew that game there at the end and get the win and now they're, um, you know, the playoffs started today, they'd be in the seventh spot and not even in the playoffs. So, They'll, uh, you know, I don't think they're going to get too much of a letdown. So they'll be decently focused and and probably come out playing pretty fired up to try to work their way back into the playoff picture. Unfortunately, and yeah, that was a uh, huge game for playoff impl- implications for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And the fact that they they couldn't quite pull out the win is too bad. Because now I, I, my natural inclination here would be to take Jacksonville and get more than a field goal at home. Because I just don't trust Denver to be laying laying points on the road, especially when you're talking about a decent margin of, of five here. But uh, I also, you know, Jacksonville is just they're a frustrating team because they've been competitive nearly every week other than that one Thursday night game or against Tennessee that was just a complete travesty of an effort from them. But other than that, they've been pretty competitive and they just always seem to shoot themselves in the foot at the wrong time and uh, just – you know, a typical bad team that just does bad things. And, uh, the results have kind of, kind of shown that. And, uh, so I don't know. I'd, I'd want to take Jacksonville here, but I also don't totally trust them. And, uh, like I said, situationally, it's a decent spot for Jacksonville, but it could have been a lot better if, uh, that Sunday night game would have played out differently. So I have a lean to Jacksonville here. And like you said, if it gets up, you know, up to six or especially if it gets up to seven, then I'll, um, being fairly strong on Jacksonville, but at five here, probably make a small bet on Jacksonville, but nothing too substantial. Yeah, I don't really foresee the market moving a whole lot in this game, but I really don't. If it's going to go anywhere, I think it's got to go towards Denver. I don't think much Jacksonville support's going to come in. If it did, it probably won't come in until late because there's going to be, you know, the only people are going to be betting Jacksonville are people like us that are just trying to get the best of the number and you know, wise guys. So they're going to be thinking just like. We are and we're going to be trying to wait to get a better number. And, you know, five's not a huge key number, so they're just going to wait and see what happens with it. Yeah, this will be a, a sharp square divide where the squares will definitely be on Denver. And then it's just a matter of whether the sharps feel like there's enough value to come in on Jacksonville or not. And if the number continues to go up, they'd definitely be getting some support. And I'm not sure if they will get enough sharp support here to, at five to keep it there or if it will just kind of start moving upward. But. It's interesting, like some teams you know that the, the Sharp will support, and then there's other teams, like I know Cleveland's been in this category a, a little bit, 
and so is San Francisco a little bit where there hasn't been a whole lot of sharp support to kind of keep those numbers in line sometimes at certain weeks. So I'm not sure if uh, Jacksonville's get, get to the point where they're so bad they're not going to get that sharp support or if they're still competitive enough, which I think they will be, to get a decent amount of sharp support to kind of keep that mark in check here and not have it move too much. Um, so the next game we got up is the other side of that Sunday night battle last week, Kansas City heading to Atlanta. And this one, I had Atlanta minus four and a half was my guess. What did you have? Yeah, this one was before, I should say during the Sunday night game. Yeah, but, I guess this uh, one before the Sunday night game as well. So. Okay, yeah. So I had uh, my guess Atlanta minus six. My power rating had Atlanta minus five. The Westgate opened Atlanta minus four, and the look-ahead line was Atlanta minus three and a half. Right now, pretty much anywhere from three and a half to four, pretty steady across the board. So this is a game where I definitely lean, have a pretty decent lean towards Atlanta, but I don't know if I'm going to get into the window, just that extra half a point. If it was three, I'd like it quite a bit, which South Point did open up at three, but didn't last too long. I would wish I would have got that, but... Three and a half now. It's it's a little bit tougher, but I'm not really too high on this Kansas City team. But you know, Atlanta, you're going to be buying pretty high because they've looked uh, looked pretty phenomenal pretty much all season long. And um, but uh, I, I do like them here. Basically, a half point better is what they're saying than Kansas City or points. So I think uh, they're a little bit more, you know, a little bit better than that. So if uh, don't know if I'll get to the window here or not, but I I do like the Atlanta side more than more than Kansas City here. Yeah, I pretty much completely agree with that that handicap on the game or that take. Uh, especially, like I said, on the last game, I talked about the Broncos could have potentially been in a horrible spot. I think that's kind of what Kansas City is in here now. Like, this is a interconference game, which are the least meaningful, and traveling on the road back-to-back nights off a primetime game against your division foe there. And now uh, heading to, to Atlanta, it's a decent spot for a letdown, but I mean, the, the counter to that would be they're still, in terms of uh, you know division, they're what a game back of Oakland, and in terms of the wild card, they're still only a game up of potentially being out of it. So uh, it's not like they're in a huge letdown spot because they still they're still going up against a good team that they're going to want to beat to prove themselves. They're still going to need want that playoff positioning and potentially running down Oakland for the division. So. It's not like the worst of spots for Kansas City. You still should get a decent effort from them. But uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they came out a little flat as opposed to Atlanta last week pretty much handling uh, Arizona with ease uh, from start to finish for the most part. Um, I don't think they had to exert a whole lot of extra energy. They kind of had that one in cruise control pretty early on. So, And then back-to-back weeks at home, I think they should uh, they should be fine. And... Uh, I think they might jump out to an early lead here against Kansas City. Then it's just a matter of uh, if they can sustain it the whole game or not. And, you know, with Kansas City, how solid they play defense and low scoring, they keep it. More Once you get over a field goal with Kansas City, either way, it starts becoming a lot of points. I'd say those those points are more valuable in the Kansas City game, say like a New Orleans or a high-scoring game. So there's always potential that Kansas City keep it low scoring enough to sneak through the back door there late if, if Atlanta does jump out to a lead. So I lean Atlanta, but I'm also uh, not confident enough, even though I, I'm kicking myself for not being on Atlanta last week. That was such an easy, easy win for them. And, uh, and it's Kansas City's, I think, a much better team than Arizona, and it's almost in the same price range. So they kind of feel 
like an idiot betting Atlanta this week and laying the points when you could have done it last week and uh, got there easily. So I lean to Atlanta, but I don't think they'll be on too strongly here this week. Uh, next game we got is Houston at Green Bay. Houston fresh off a uh, extremely disappointing effort from uh, for me last week that uh, I'm still stewing about a little bit. But uh, this one, my guess, was Green Bay minus four. What did you have for this one? This one I had Green Bay minus one and a half. My power rating is Green Bay minus two and a half. The opener had Green Bay at three and a half. And the look ahead was three and a half as well in favor of Green Bay. And uh, this is a, a game where it that Monday night game played pretty crucial on this line. Obviously, I did before that because if Green Bay would have lost there, I think this line would have gone down closer to where I thought it should be. You know, like I said, it opened three and a half. I think it would have gone down to probably about a three or the very least stayed there. But now after they won that game and looked, looked so in pretty decent fashion against Philadelphia there, then now it's moving up. Now it's a six, six and a half across the board, even a little bit of juice. I see it bookmakers minus six and a half, minus 115. So that's pretty crazy. And so it looks like it's going to keep going up. Uh, it, and I wouldn't really be surprised if this gets to a seven either, just from that one. It's crazy how big of a swing it is just from that win. Because like I said, if they lose, I bet you this game's at, at three or at, at best three and a half. So that's uh, pretty crazy. But I mean, it does make sense because Green Bay, if they would have lost that game, they're basically mathematically out of the playoffs, I, I believe. Or virtually, out, virtually mathematically out of the playoffs. And then... Um, but now that they won that, they you know they do have a path to win, uh, get to get there and to win to the division. So I can kind of see it, but I'm not really sold on this team yet. So I, they still have some problems. I know their secondary really didn't get, you know, is pretty banged up and has some could get easily exposed. But Philadelphia's not the team to do that, and I'm not sure Houston's much better than that. So maybe you know going forward here, you can you know see that exposure coming. But I don't really see Osweiler, especially with his confidence the way he's been playing, to expose it a whole lot. So. Again, it's either a, a Houston or pass for me. I'm just not going to be laying Green Bay in this price range. And, uh, I don't know if I'll be able to get to the window, but I mean, at 7, I think I might just have to take it out of principle. But right now, I'm definitely going to be staying away. Yeah, I just, um, I, I don't, I don't, I'm, I mean, obviously, I'm not going to say never in terms of not being able to back somebody because, you know, obviously, Houston plus 100, I'd have in my pocket in heartbeat. <laughs> but uh, with the, I wouldn't be willing to take them for uh, for I don't where they're at now. I think it's overinflated a couple points here, but I also don't know if I want any part of Osweiler. Like it was beyond frustrating uh, having a bet on Houston last week and watching him because they they had the opportunities and San Diego's defense really just isn't that good. But he was just airmailing wide open receivers left and right. It was just unreal and. It, scrambling around there's a little bit of pressure but it wasn't like he was under pressure the whole game and just running around like a chicken with his head cut off and then firing at 10 feet over people's heads and throwing crucial interceptions that were swinging at the end of the half there and it just looks so so bad it's just unreal and uh the rest of the team played decent like their their defense gave up a couple of pretty long drives it was a little disappointing but on the same token of the coin, it's a little bit with what the Vikings are dealing with now, and the offense is just generating so little. The defense can only play inspired and and hold the you know decent offense of like the Chargers so long before they finally are eventually going to start letting some stuff up because it's the way the league's structured now. You have to have a certain amount of offense to be able to win, and and uh, the the Texans, I just don't with Osweiler there, they just don't really have that offense. And he basically zeroes in on Hopkins all game long, 
and it works out sometimes, but at some point it's just he's not going to create separation or he's double teamed and then they have nowhere else to go. And, and when he misses open receivers besides that, it's just, he's they're getting close on backup range for me. And uh, that's the way I'd want to bet too, but I just don't think I can quite pull the trigger on this week. So for me, it's yeah. a fairly easy pass. And, yeah, uh, and I, I think it's, I think it's maybe a little bit of an overreaction just from the betting market itself. With Osweiler's always been pretty awful, but I think he was kind of starting a little bit upward trend there and playing at least serviceable. I think everybody basically just threw in the towel with him now. But I think a lot of people are forgetting that that was a really bad spot for him last week, coming you know traveling back from Mexico City there. And uh, you know, I, I don't, I think I won't. I guess I won't be shocked if he came and, and, and showed a little bit better performance here this game when he had a week and he's basically as low on the tone pole as he can right now with people you know hearing it from every angle from him, so this would be a step-up spot for him if he had it in him, but this will be uh, pretty telling. I kind of I kind of lean to the fact that he would show up a little bit more here in this game, but I'm, you know. The problem is he's been getting criticized heavily all year long. He's, yeah. I don't think ever really stepped up this year. Like, even their wins have been basically despite him, and I've, like, the, I've, usually in a spot like that when you're traveling and stuff, it's it seems like a lot of times it's the defense that lets down because they're just kind of worn out. And the Chargers only scored 21 points, and even that was somewhat misleading because Osweiler gave him a short field a couple times. So the defense came to play. Like I don't, it shouldn't be the quarterback, the one that's in the bad spot that's giving up the games because he's you know tired or fatigued from all he's doing is basically standing there and throwing to wide open receivers and couldn't hit him. I think that's just more of an indictment on his overall talent or mental state right yeah, now. Yeah, but the game before in, in Oakland, he played. I don't know if it's the best game of the season, but it might have been. And he he looked pretty solid to me. And the next next week, he he's missing throws and just looked god awful. So it's like, yeah, I mean, obviously you can have a bad week, and even you know someone like Brady didn't play that good last week. But it's, I think it's definitely a little bit of an overreaction. I just don't know. Maybe he will just give up or something too. But I, I don't know. Yeah, so I guess we just agree to disagree on that one. Yeah, I, mean, I don't, I don't think we're disagreeing actually with what the market's doing. Obviously, the market's. You can say overreacting to him, but I also think you can make the argument if his confidence is shot, the market might be underreacting because there's no way it's going to move. You know, like the market's always kept in check for the most part. So we'll we'll see how he comes out this week. And I wouldn't be surprised if he played halfway decent and, and uh, Houston's defense kept him in it like they did last week. And But I also wouldn't be surprised if he comes out and looks like he has for 80% of the season either. So we'll see, uh, see how it plays out. Yeah, and I, the other reason too is they're still in – you know, lead position here in the, in the in their division and still can control their own destiny. So that's why, you know, yeah, they should be able to do it, or you, you would think they'd be able to. But yeah, if if they can't, then it's pretty uh pretty bad. Yeah, I mean, they also were last week. Last week they did everything they needed to win the game, except for he was just he literally single handedly threw that game away for him. So if I mean he if he doesn't do that if he doesn't do that if he just plays average, they win the game last week and they very easily cover this number against Green Bay, but it's also like you, you, you can look at every factor you want, and he was he was just so bad last week that none of that even mattered. So we'll see if he can get it together. Like you said a couple weeks ago, that's what I was banking on was him at least giving you know an average game, and uh, you know whatever we'll uh, see how it plays out this week. And you know Green Bay's defense isn't too daunting either, so hopefully there's some opportunity for him to keep it within the number there. Uh, the next game up we got is Philadelphia at Cincinnati. And I guess this one for the, the Sunday night game or the Monday night game. And I had Philadelphia minus three. What did you have here? 
This game, I guess, Cincy minus one. My power rating was a pick. The Westgate opened Philly minus one before that game. And um, the look ahead was Cincinnati minus one. And afterwards, I think they reopened it about the same. Uh, they actually got bet up about Philly minus two, two and a half. And then I, and then they, I think they reopened it about the same, but then it got you know steamed out. Or not steamed, I shouldn't say, but bet a little bit towards Cincy after that. That Monday night game, so now I'm seeing ones, one and a half uh, across the board in favor of Philly. So, right, moving right down to where I think it should be. Um, obviously, if Philly would have won that game, then you probably would have seen a three here in Philly in, in Philly's favor. So, I but I mean, it wouldn't really matter even if I would have got three or even the three and a hook. I don't even know if I could back the Cincy team right now. They're just uh, they're just bad. But you know, this Philly team is that's just you know bad too and they they're pretty much out of it now too so it's a two two teams that you really don't know what you got and injuries and i'll just be uh be staying away i don't need to drag this one on anymore yeah i pretty much agree i think i think philly is a decently significantly better team but uh who knows exactly where their head's going to be at now that that was not the total death blow last night but now they dropped down to the basically the divisions. I mean, it's basically gone anyway in the Cowboys division. But even the wild card now, they're a couple games back and um, you know not in good shape. But I still, I think I give them a little bit better chance to bounce back than Cincinnati, who's just devoid of playmakers at this point. Like we talked about last week, and her defense played a pretty good game against Baltimore, held them to only 19 points, and they still couldn't even get the cover. So um, I'm surprised the markets haven't just totally bottomed out on Cincinnati here. And, and just really gone heavily against them. But, I mean, I guess suppose the fact that they're home underdogs to a Philadelphia team that doesn't have a whole lot of favor right now is uh, kind of showing that. But I don't think it's quite moved enough. I think that this game were played three weeks from now, Philly would be closer to a three-point favorite or a three-point favorite. So uh, I'd be inclined to take Philly, although I don't. I hate laying chalk on the road, but that's the only way I'd look, and I'll probably end up having to bet on Philly here by the end of the week. Next game we got up is Detroit at New Orleans. This one's kind of an interesting one. Uh, two, I'd say, more uh, offensive-minded teams, and should be should be a fun one down there in the Superdome. Uh, my guess on this one was New Orleans minus four. What did you have here? My guess was New Orleans minus two and a half. My power rating was New Orleans minus three. The Westgate Open, New Orleans minus five, and the look ahead was New Orleans minus three and a half. And uh, seeing money. Right out of the gate for New Orleans, right now sitting at uh, five, five and a half, six, somewhere in there. This is kind of, a, I guess my guess was a little wishful thinking. Maybe I wanted to go less than that, that field goal. And then I obviously my power range showed it should put it at a field goal. I was, I was hoping to back New Orleans in this situation, but I was kind of surprised it was this high. I guess the market's kind of ahead of it. And I, I guess the other reason, too, is New Orleans is a pretty big public team, so they're probably just making it a point or two adjustment just to get ahead of that public money. And uh, it might, I don't know, I don't know if the sharp money's going to be on, but I know I'm definitely not going to be back in New Orleans in this point range. I definitely like taking points in this range with New Orleans, not not, not laying it. So, um, be a Detroit game or pass here, but I, uh, it's kind of tough figuring out what you get with Detroit here, but they do play a lot of close games. I think the what's their biggest margin of, of victory or loss is like seven points or something like that. So, it's, uh, you know, pretty crazy. They keep, it, keep the games close, but. This will be a, a good test for him, I guess. So if uh, 
Yeah, I'm not sure if I'll get to the window with Detroit or not. I'll kind of see how the market goes and for sure be on Detroit at 7, but I don't think we'll get there. So might be on the sidelines here. It's maybe, a, maybe a small bet in Detroit. What would be the most surprising outcome to this game to you? I guess like a Detroit blowout, obviously, if they want a blowout fashion. But is there anything that could happen in this game that would really change your opinions on who these two teams are? Um, yeah, I think if it was a low-scoring affair, and I don't care who wins, if it was like a you know 14-10 game or something like that, I would be that, that's what, that would shock me more. Even a Detroit blowout, I won't be as a shocked up, shocked by because I think they're capable of that too. And both these teams are just with their high-powered offense, but I think the defense is more what I'm you know looking at. And I no, think but New Orleans might. I mean, like in terms of, is there would you change your evaluation strongly on either team how good they are based on the outcome of this game? Uh, yeah, that's. I, I guess with the low scoring, it'd be I, it'd be kind of on how the actual game goes when I'm watching it. But you know, like I, I would have if the offenses, I'm pretty sure they're gonna be high powered. So that's what I'm saying. If one of the defenses shows up and, and holds the other offense to a you know little points with the high powered offense like this, then that would be where I'd upgrade the team. So for example, if New Orleans blew out Detroit and their defense was looking pretty good, it wasn't like fluky. Then you know, like because I think they might be on an upswing with. New Orleans offense and that or defense, excuse me. So I'm, that'd be something I'd be looking for is to see if these defenses are going to show up and 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 help them because that's the only way they're going to be able to make a, a playoff run for either of these teams, in my opinion. If their defenses shows up to get above average. Yeah, you have to wait to see how it played out, but I would still chalk that up more to the Lions, pretty shaky on the road just going into it because other than that win of the Vikings a couple weeks ago, which was pretty much the Viking tandem game, they've been awful on the road this year. So. Um, if they get blown out, it wouldn't surprise me at all. No one really changed my evaluation up too much. And even if they win the game, I think New Orleans is kind of fraudulent and is kind of hit or miss, but also has a you know really solid offense for the most part, a really good one. So I don't think no matter what happens in this game, my evaluation of these two teams is really going to be altered much because I could see pretty much any scenario happening based yeah, on the variance of these two that. teams. So I'd... Uh, I think the number's right about where it should be. I think uh, I, I do think Detroit has a pretty decent chance to, to slide in there and cover that number. But I also think if the bad road lines come out, that um, you know, not necessarily that I expect, but if they aren't improved and they are what they have been for the first half of the season, uh, I think that's uh, there's a ch- decent chance they can get blown out too. So. If I had to make a pick, I would take the points with Detroit and trust Stafford. I think Stafford and Cooter, the offensive coordinator, built up a pretty good rapport. So I give them on a full week to prepare here, um, or you know, a little bit extra time, a little week and a half. I give them a pretty decent chance to come out with a pretty good game plan. But I also don't totally trust them to not get blown off for sure. So uh, that was supposed to be a fun one to watch, and I'd lean Detroit, but that's about as far as I'd go. Uh, next game up we got is San Francisco at Chicago. Just an absolute garbage matchup here. Uh, and this one, Speak for yourself. yeah. And this one, I had Chicago minus three and a half. What did you have? This one, I had Chicago minus two and a half. My power rating was Chicago with the full three. The Westgate opened Chicago actually minus three, one twenty, minus one twenty, and the look at it was Chicago minus four, which seems kind of out of whack to me, but. Anyway, uh, this one basically got bet right across the board. It was Chicago, it's two and a half, uh, three, somewhere in there. And then actually now as we speak, now there's been 
quite a bit of San Francisco money coming in. I'm seeing uh, one, one and a half, two, even a pick at the Westgate uh, for this game, which I don't know where that money's coming in exactly. There wasn't Barkley's been basically the quarterback going in. It's not like they thought Cutler's going to be coming back or something, even though I don't know if it would affect the line that much at all anyway. But I don't know where this money's coming from exactly. But this is a game I was pretty much staying away. But now that you talk about you know Chicago had a pick, I. I think I would definitely lean that way and might even bet on that. But that's, I'd have to think about that a little more after since the line will just happened. But I'd definitely be inclined to be betting Chicago here and in this point range now. Uh, so the Niners are a better team than Chicago now? Like Yeah, it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense, exactly. So like a, not even just like a slight lean where it's in the two and a half, three range. It's like they're just a better team. I, I just I don't get this at all. At pick or one or even two, it's like. Barkley, he didn't play. I was pretty much in stay away no matter what mode from him. And it's only been, was he played a couple weeks, two weeks now, or a week and a half. Um, but like last week against the Titans, they fell down there early, but then he marched them right back. They, there was two receiver drop the ball twice in the end zone there, and they would have won the game. So, I, I mean, he, I don't have a ton of faith in him. It's not like he has a long track record, but he showed me enough where – I know that there's at least a potential you know, higher ceiling if you took it all the range of outcomes of how he's going to play. If you give me Christian Ponder, I, I know I know what those potential outcomes. I know where the high end is, and I don't really like betting on that range of outcomes. Whereas if you give me Barkley, I know that there's a potential for him to come out and play a good game. So when he's valued as someone who's going to for sure play a bad game, I think it's nice when you have that potential upside when you're not paying for it at all. And against the Titans last week, they ended up covering the closing number and could have very won the game outright. And now they're playing a San Francisco team that's hasn't won a game in what two and a half months, three months since the first week of the season. And they're telling me that it's a pick'em basically in the pick'em range. I just I don't see it. I don't understand. I thought the line at open was a little low, and then now it's been beginning. Get a bet towards San Francisco. I mean, I guess in San Francisco's favor, uh, they played the Cardinals tough three weeks ago, but we don't respect the Cardinals at all anyway, so that's not really saying a whole lot. They basically they got trounced by the Patriots a couple weeks ago, and then they held, hung tough, kind of, with the Dolphins last week, which I don't think is the most impressive thing a team can do in the league. So I'd, I'm not really sure... And then other than that, they've quit basically every game. They haven't even hardly been playing competitive football. So Kaepernick has looked a little bit better to to the Niners' credit. But outside of that, what's what, – I mean, then traveling across country to Miami, going all the way back across country home, and then flying back to Chicago in the central time zone, that's not a great spot either in terms of travel. And who's to say they're going to come out with a great effort? Um, Chicago playing back-to-back weeks at home in a week where they almost got a win – um, I don't know. I just I don't see this at all. I like Chicago quite a bit, and um, I'll definitely be on Chicago this week based on where the current market's at. And, uh, let's go, Matt Barkley. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, it's pretty crazy too. I just don't really understand this at all. Um, I think I if, I thought this is only going to go up. I I was afraid that cause I like Chicago even at two and a half. I thought the three was getting a little pricey, but I thought you know it's just going to close it. You know maybe three with juice or three and a half. That wouldn't shock me at all, but um, yeah, that's, I just don't get the money. And yeah, I, I like to, especially right now, if I go get a pick at, at Chicago, I'm pretty decent bet. You know, take them at home. You're basically saying they're 
three points worse than San Francisco or two and a half at the, the very best case. Like, yeah, that's, I just don't agree with that. So I also want to say I didn't mention it, but I do have a play on the over. I got it at 43 myself and pretty much across the board 43 and a half. I, uh, I like the over a decent amount here because I think San Francisco's defense is pretty much packed it in for a while. They did maybe look slightly better, I guess, last week, but I don't know if I trust that much. It's uh, – you know, just the whole Chip Kelly thing. They they are slowing their offense down a little bit. It maybe seems like, but still, it's not not really much like this defense. And I think there's enough signs with both the Chicago and San Francisco team, even though they're both bottom feeders, that you know their offenses can produce a little bit. So I think uh, you know, I, I'm pretty confident here about the over, uh, especially if you can get under 44. So yeah, I tend to agree with that. This line just this might be the most baffling line I've seen in a long time. Not only were it open, but in the market. So uh, really. Really just shocked by this in general. So we'll see where the line ends up and how the game plays out. Yeah. So the uh, next game we got up here is the Los Angeles Rams at New England Patriots. And my guess for this one was minus 12 and a half. What did you have here? On the Rams laying 12 and a half. On yeah. The yeah. The New England minus 12 and a half. <laughs> uh, my guess was New England minus 13 and a half. My power rating was New England minus 10. The Westgate open, New England minus 13.5, and, and the look ahead was New England minus 14, full two touchdowns. Um, yeah, I don't sitting right in that 13.5, a, a few 14s with juice on LA, but uh, I don't know. I don't really not much to talk about here. I, it's just I'm not going to be laying this many points with New England per my power rating, but I don't really like anything about the Rams right now. And it's, uh, you know, the New England, they lost both their tight ends with. Gronkowski, so he's obviously a big threat, and uh, so it's showing a little bit different looks, but I think their offense is not quite as good as people thought they were, at least they have been in the last couple weeks without them specifically, so as you can see, the total's been, you know, you'd expect the total to be a little bit higher here, but now it's in the 44.5-45 range, which a lot of that has to do with the Rams, but I think a little bit has to do with New England's offense not producing as much as they were when Brady first came back and to a couple weeks ago, so. I don't know, I think the the total's about right. I think this line point spread's about right, so nothing uh, nothing at all here. Yeah, there's a there's a you know workmanlike effort last week. The Patriots they stunk by the Jets there, even though it got kind of dicey there at the end. And uh, you know they're a good team, above average, but they're not an elite team necessarily. I don't think. And I thought it was going to be slightly lower. You know they said twelve and a half, just because I thought the Rams defense would get a touch of credit. Figuring that they would bounce back a little bit after getting uh, 49 rolled up on them against the Saints last week, but um, they are just a pretty bad team, so doesn't really surprise me. And uh, you know, whatever. I I don't want to go against the Patriots, but I also don't really have a, a lot of interest in laying 13 and a half, 14. So I think it's pretty much right where it's uh, right where it should be. And I don't even really have a whole lot of interest in watching this game, so I'll probably have it on one of the side TVs. Not paying a whole lot of attention to it, but uh, yeah, I don't have a lot else to say about this one, so let's just go on to the last uh, early game here. We got Miami at Baltimore, and on this one, I guess was Baltimore minus three. What did you have? My guess is Baltimore minus three and a half. My power rating is Baltimore minus three. The Westgate opened Baltimore minus three and a half, even money right between my, my two, and uh, the look ahead was Baltimore minus three and a half. Uh, this is a game where I, <laughs> I, can't, I I wish I could bet both against both these teams, but obviously you can't when they're both playing each other. <laughs> That's what it comes down to. Uh, and this, which team do I like less? 
or which team I like more out of the teams I like less is pretty much what this battle is. And, you know, you have the typical three points for home with Baltimore, but what's Miami won six in a row now? And I don't know. Yeah, you got to give them some credit and tip your hat, but it's definitely a little little flawed if you ask me. It's been pretty shaky. And you know, that Rams game two weeks ago, obviously, they should have lost that or very easily could have and end up even covering. So this is a game, I, I don't know. It's... It's pretty easy stay away, I guess, but if I, if I had to look one way, I can only look towards Baltimore if I get a three, but uh, definitely not in the three-and-a-half range, and I wouldn't trust Miami at all here to, 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 to stay close. Yeah, I agree with you. I hate both these teams, even though Miami's won six in a row and Baltimore's won three or four here. I think they're both fraudulent. <laughs> I, I, I want to I say, like, below average, but in the, with the league's quality as a whole right now, I don't even know exactly, you know, it's hard to figure out exactly what average it means because it just seems like there's a lot of terrible teams in the league. So they're not, they're obviously not just complete dumpster fighters as teams, but they're also, I don't think, particularly impressive. And it depends, Miami, I think, depends a lot about their line health. I'm not sure if you know where uh, what their line situation is looking like going in this game or is that something to monitor going forward here? Yeah, it's on the monitor. I don't know if there's, yeah, there's nothing really in, intact here. Uh, it's okay. either questionable or probable. But, I mean, it, they're, they're going to be getting more healthy because um, I think last week Pouncey was out of uh, the center, and he's, he's questionable. This is questionable right now. So if he played, yeah, it would definitely be a little bit of an uptick. But, um, yeah, I, I don't that one. I'm just kind of going to pretty much stay away. Even if I do, they, he do gets listed in, I'm pretty much still staying away. Yeah, to me this is if I had a bet at three and a half, I'd take Miami. And if I had a bet at three, I'd take Baltimore. Uh, even though mm-hmm. I just don't really like either of them. And, I, uh, Flacco, I don't trust still, and Tannehill, I don't trust still, and I kind of like Gaze as the Miami coach, and I kind of I like Harbaugh as the Baltimore coach. So it, these are teams are kind of eerily similar. They're both pretty unsexy and not not too consistent, and I don't think have a high ceiling overall. But right now, if the season ended, they'd both be in the playoffs. So make of that what you will, and uh, I imagine that one of these teams at least won't be in the playoffs on the end of the season. But uh, we'll see. See, at least this would be a competitive game, an interesting game, because basically any scenario possible is on the table here with, with these teams and these players. So I won't be involved from a betting standpoint, but uh, I'll be pretty interested to see how it plays out from a viewership standpoint. Yeah, I also want to take a look at Baltimore's defense. I think they're on the upswing, and they've been decently impressive too, and obviously it's, you see that with the total sitting at 40 and a half, 41, so something to keep an eye on. Yeah, and one other thing I do want to throw in about this is Tucker, the kicker for the Ravens, has been incredible. So in a close game like this, or what you know, lined as a close game like this, uh, and you can take a kicker that's playing out of his mind and basically seems like money from 55 and in, and can even hit from outside that, um, that can be a pretty big advantage in, in a game like this. So you give me a really solid head coach in Harbaugh and a kicker you absolutely trust. You know, maybe that's the the tipping point based on which side you're gonna you're gonna lean towards if you had to go one way, but I just wanted to give him a little shout out because I know from someone who's had to watch Blair Walsh be as inconsistent as he is across the league, you know, with the extra points and everything, the kickers have just been as unreliable as he gets. Uh, give Tucker a little credit there because he's been uh, pretty incredible. Uh, the now on to the afternoon games, got kind of an intriguing matchup here: of Buffalo against Oakland. Um, I guess on this one was Oakland minus four. What did you have here? Yeah, I had Oakland minus four and a half. My power rating had Oakland minus five. 
Westgate opened Oakland minus three and a half, and that was also the look ahead line at three and a half. And I I don't get this line either. We're seeing Buffalo money early. I'm, right now I could go at even a few different shops I have. I could get Oakland at a flat three, minus one ten juice, and uh, you know bookmaker. That's uh, Chris. I expected offshore book, so it's, I'm not really sure. Um, I, I I think Buffalo's like I said earlier in the podcast, little little flaws, and they have some holes, and I think they might be a little bit overvalued here. And I don't really like back backing Oakland the way you know it's big public team. I understand that. I, th- I think I said at one point a couple weeks ago, I think they're probably one of the most overvalued teams. They're definitely, I think, the luckiest team. <laughs> I watch them di- week in, week out. A lot of times I bet against them, and they just keep, you know, getting through with by the, between their fingers, skin of their fingers. So I don't know. But it's just, you know, like I, like my power rating shows, I, I think this should be a little bit higher, at the very least, a three and a half and like you know, four or five range, I think, for sure. So I might be back in Oakland here. I just don't know if I want to release it as a play. I think I'll just be done it personally. But I, I think Oakland minus the three, you talk about this is a, a pick em game um, outside of home field. I, uh, I think I like Oakland the, the way they've been rolling. I obviously want to keep a look on cards, see if there's anything with his finger after what happened last time with the center, last game with the center where he something happened where he dislocated it or something like that so um keep an eye on that but i definitely definitely lean oakland here uh, pretty strong lean especially if we get at three yeah i don't really understand this line either the markets have been absurdly high in oakland pretty much all year and yeah it's as inconsistent as buffalo is how and like the spot's not great or horrible i don't think for either team so yeah they're telling you that the teams are almost equal like that that just doesn't doesn't make any sense to me. Um, I don't understand. I don't think the markets have soured on Oakland. So are, are they really that impressed with Buffalo there? You know, <laughs> taking care of business against Jacksonville and Cincinnati squad the last couple of weeks after three straight losses. I just don't really see it. I don't. I don't know. I don't unless it's just worried about Carr. But I mean, you play the rest of the game and it was just as pinky. So I don't think that's too big of a worry. So I, I'm with you. I I think the only way I look at this one is Oakland. It's hard to imagine you're getting value on them with how overvalued they've been but uh, i think that's the only way you can go yeah i don't know it just doesn't seem right it seems fishy it's almost like someone's putting in some money to try to set up the books here or something because it just doesn't make sense to me <laughs> yeah i mean that's i figured this game would open uh, i thought it might even be a little low on it. i figured it opened in the four and a half five range or you know four running anywhere in there now it's going to be slightly lean to buffalo taking the extra you know getting that a little bit higher than where it's at here, but the fact that it's a flat field goal in some places is just kind of shocking. So, uh, yeah, Oakland's the way I'd look at it, too. Uh, the next game up we got is Tampa Bay at San Diego, and I guess San Diego minus four on this one. Yeah. I had San Diego minus three as my guess. My power rating was San Diego minus four. The opener and the look headline at the Westgate had San Diego minus five and a half as a favorite. And like like I anticipated, not anticipated, but uh, getting closer to where my numbers were, uh, early Tampa Bay money, seeing anywhere from three and a half to four, and yeah, that's yeah, it's just a game. I, I would have leaned Tampa Bay if it came in at you know five and a half, if it went up to like a six range, but right in this three and a half four range, the only way I could look would be San Diego, uh, laying laying this price. Uh, wouldn't really like it that much. I don't really like laying more than the field goal with, with San Diego against really anybody, uh, especially with Tampa Bay. They're basically in direct competition right now with Atlanta. If Atlanta loses against Kansas City, they're going to be, you know, 
be in the driver's seat almost, especially if they win this game. So it's a huge you know game for them. It's a step up game, but I think San Diego's looked pretty impressive. I was on them last week. They uh, controlled that game. I think pretty much wire to wire and looked pretty looked pretty good. And Philip Rivers is obviously pretty dangerous. So, but you know again you're talking about <coughs> that hook with the field goal. So. I have a slight lean to San Diego, and I don't think this line's going to get down any further than it is at three and a half. I mean, I do see three and a half flat, but I would anticipate this to go up just a little bit here to maybe close at four, four and a half range. But I don't know if it'll be enough to, to, to buy San Diego right now. Yeah, I mean, last week they they yeah, kind of controlled it, I guess, but factor in Nas while they're being god awful. <laughs> but uh, I think they're you know what you're going to get with San Diego. They're a good team. Rivers is, is obviously playing really well. Um, the the defense is kind of spotty, but Bosa's gives them a nice little boost, and they're just overall, I think, pretty pretty solid team. Not great, not bad. You know, you know, for the most part, you're going to get a team you like catching points with, you don't like laying points with. Yeah, but Tampa Bay, on the other hand, um, they seem not necessarily the opposite of that, but really not sure. They've been the last couple of weeks. They've been a little bit more consistent, where they blew out the Bears, they won at the Chiefs, and then they beat Seattle at home. So maybe. You know, that's the beginning of an upward trajectory for them. But they just, there's something about them that's just, I don't totally trust yet. And I wouldn't be shocked at all if they came out here and just laid a complete egg on the road. So, um, I don't have faith to, to bet the Tampa that's going to come out and give a good enough effort here to, to hang with San Diego. Because if Tampa doesn't come out and play with a decent effort, San Diego is going to take advantage and, and win fairly easily. But if Tampa Bay comes out and gives a, B plus effort, you know, A effort, then they're absolutely, I think, can cover the number with San Diego. So, uh, as with a lot of Tampa games lately, I think uh, I'm just going to stay away from this one. And I would, I would lean San Diego here as well, but uh, I don't really feel like laying four points with what could be the worst team here, depending on the effort you get from Tampa Bay. So, spot wise, I think it favors San Diego. Is Tampa coming off those two big wins against? Uh, Playoff teams that are fairly high, uh, high profile. I think there's potential for a letdown here going west coast uh, for Tampa Bay. I don't. They haven't really traveled too well this year for the most part. Even though they do have quite a few wins on the road, I think it's kind of misleading. So um, I lean San Diego, but not enough to get to the window with it. Uh, next game we got up is Washington at Arizona, and and this one I guessed. Washington minus one and a half. What did you have here? Yeah, well, yeah, I guess a pick. My power rating is Washington minus one and a half. Westgate opened Arizona minus two and a half. And the look ahead was Arizona minus three and a half. And right now we're seeing Arizona as low as two and a half flat. I guess I see one minus 105 at Sportsbook and all the way up to minus, you know, 120, 125 juice uh, with Arizona. So almost, almost to a three. But uh, as, as my power rating states, I, I like Washington a lot here. This is probably the game I like the most on the board. Basically just waiting to see where the market goes because it looks like it has a chance to get up to a three, and I like it a lot at, 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 if I get a Washington plus three flat, maybe even with a little bit of juice. So I just I really don't get this line. Arizona's looked pretty miserable the last couple of weeks. They've been beat up. Palmer's been getting beat up. It kind of started with that game in, uh, with Minnesota. He just got pounced on and was getting sacked and just yeah like i said really beat up and then didn't really stop going into last week <laughs> they uh you know with the falcons they 
had obviously a good offense, and their their defense has has been pretty good. But they did give up 38 points last week against Atlanta. But so yeah, maybe could you know bounce back a little bit from that spot. But they're you know pretty much out of it, or maybe they are out of it. I don't even know if mathematically what it is, but they're pretty much dead. So it's it just seems like a lost season at this point, and even though it's disappointing, but it's what they really don't have anything to play for. And Washington, on the other hand, Washington's kind of rolling here. They look, even though they lost to Dallas by five, six points, whatever that was, they they look really, they really impressed me on, on Thursday. And I think Dallas just impressed me more. Uh, but they still, you know, stuck within that point point spread range, depending on when you got it. And they've, uh, you know, Cousins look pretty good, and their defense hasn't been that great, but they're kind of, you know, average or below below average, and then their offense has been pretty good. I'd say probably a top five, seven offense somewhere in there. So, yeah, I, I really like Washington here. I'm kind of confused why this line's so high. I think at the very least it should be around a pick 'em or maybe Arizona by one at the very, very worst. But hoping to get to a three, but I just don't really know if it will. But uh, as soon as I see any signs of the market moving towards Washington, I'm definitely going to be hopping on uh, before well, I can still get a number before it gets you know, taken away. Yeah, my only case here for Arizona would be they're two games back of Washington for that second wild card. So if they win this game, they're only a game back and they'd hold the tiebreaker against them head to head. So, you know, if they come out with a great effort here, they could greatly improve their playoff chances. But I, I don't. I don't think uh, – I, mean, I, I know I don't trust Arizona enough to to do anything really well at this point. Uh, they just have been pretty disappointing, and Homer just looks old and washed up, and uh, they haven't been able to really run the ball that well. Their defense has been pretty decent, but, you know, they gave up a ton of points last week, 38 to Atlanta. So I don't, I just, I don't think I totally trust their defense to – turn it around and all of a sudden shut down this Washington team that's been moving the ball on pretty much everybody, scoring a ton of points just about every week. Uh, Washington's traveled fairly well. Uh, they obviously kept it within the number and could have won the game last week against the Cowboys. And then they blew the game against the Lions, which only lost by three, and then they beat the Ravens and the Giants on the road. So I think they're a pretty quality team. They're kind of under the radar here. I'm surprised. I thought they would have got a little bit of attention after covering last week there on Thanksgiving. But uh, obviously they really haven't. And on the flip side, I thought Arizona would be a team that would be getting fire sold a little bit, kind of like uh, you know I expected with Cincinnati. But the markets haven't totally soured on Arizona for whatever reason. So uh, I'd be willing to change my opinion on Arizona. But do come out and play a really quality game here and get the win, and are only one game back of potentially sneaking in the wild card spot. But I don't think that's likely to happen. And uh, I just think Washington at this point's quite a bit better football team. they got a, a more consistent, better offense right now, and I think their defense is um, playing better, even though I don't know that they necessarily have the talent of Arizona. I think they're playing better at the time. So uh, I think Washington's going to win the game outright. So many points you're going to give me here, I think, are a complete bonus. And if it does get to three, then I'll uh, definitely be all over it. So I uh, like the Washington side here. Uh, last afternoon game we got is Giants at Pittsburgh. This one's kind of an intriguing one. Um, my guess on this one was Pittsburgh minus four. What did you have here? Um, this game I had Pittsburgh minus four and a half. My power rating was Pittsburgh at a three, minus three. The Westgate opened Pittsburgh minus six, and that was also the look-ahead line. I, you know, little, little, slightly surprised by this line that it's so high. It's right now it's sitting at five and a half, six. I even see a six and a half at Westgate. 
and I think it is, you know, a tad too high, you know, obviously, but by my rating and my guess and everything of where I think it should be. I think this Pittsburgh team is just a little overvalued, I guess, if this is where the number they, they think it should be because they haven't really done much to impress me. You can say, oh, yeah, last week they won, was it, 28-7 to on Thanksgiving against Indianapolis, but you really, if you're going to be uh, rolling with Scotty T and, you know, making that an impressive win for Pittsburgh, especially when that game was pretty deceiving in itself and it could have been a lot closer I don't know if they should have lost by any means, but it definitely could have at least covered the point spread. I got India nine or whatever it was, so it uh, definitely a little deceiving, and they didn't really look overly impressive to me. And, and the Giants have kind of just been—they're a lot like Washington to me. They're kind of just been sneaky good, not really getting a whole lot of respect, but you know, all, all right. And not that I think that they're a great team by any means, but they're kind of just hanging around, as uh, as Teddy KGB would say. So I uh, and they, you know, when you're getting this many points, when a pretty decent team that's going to be a, in the playoffs or most likely going to be in the playoffs and I don't you know in their defense I think is you know on the upswing or the uptick and have been playing pretty decent all year almost I think they've been almost the most undervalued out of, out of the whole team itself so I uh you know like getting the points here and it looks all signs shows that it's keep you know Pittsburgh money keeps coming in so I'm just kind of going to wait around and see here but I'm most likely going to be on the Giants here getting the points and hope that the Pittsburgh doesn't have one of those games where they just come out and look really great and fantastic and blow the other other opponent out so if that, if that happens then you know that's all right i'll eat it eat the ticket but i feel like uh in, in the long run here this will be a, a pretty close game which teams had a less impressive six game winning streak the dolphins or the giants <laughs> i'd say the dolphins for sure yeah but i mean if you look at the giants here they beat the browns the bears the Bengals, the eagles and that one where they very easily could have lost and then the rams at home great like i don't think you can come up yeah. with a whole lot less impressive six-game winning streak. And that was after they uh, got beat fairly easily against the Vikings and Packers in that back-to-back primetime game spot. And they come out and win six straight after that. And I really don't think they're getting a whole lot of respect, which is fairly rightfully so. But, um, I mean, their defense is playing pretty solid and keeping teams scoring fairly down. And, and their offense has been kind of hit or miss. But, uh, you know, you never know totally what to expect out of Eli, but when they're catching six points from a Pittsburgh team that I don't think you know has the potential to have a pretty high ceiling, but just hasn't really shown it yet. It just seems like a lot of points for a team that's uh, won six in a row and and keeps it close for the most part. I just don't totally get why the line's this high. You look at Pittsburgh on the flip side, yeah, they beat Tolzien, like you said, and then they beat the Browns in that you know, thunderstorm couple weeks ago and then before that they'd lost four in a row so is that really the the profile of a team that you feel like laying six points against a team that's eight and three (laughs) i just don't really you know i I know you don't want to just value based on team's record and and uh and whatnot that's obviously a terrible way to do it but i just don't necessarily think that pittsburgh has the talent or or the profile of a team that i feel comfortable laying laying six points in this situation with so um, I like the Giants quite a bit. I'll, uh, I've already bet them at, at six and plus six and a half personally, and I'll be more than happy to bet them again. I think it's up to seven. And, uh, you know, with, with Eli and McAdoo, I'm not a fan really of either. So, and I like Roethlisberger quite a bit. So I wouldn't be surprised at all if you lose the bet, but I think more often than not, uh, you're going to be cashing, cashing that ticket. So I think it's worth a wager. I'd expect, I think Pittsburgh will probably win this one, but I think it'll be a close one. I can see Big Ben, you know, driving late to win the game by three or four. But uh, six, six and a half just seems like uh, a little bit of craziness to me. 
Yeah, and this is a game where I, I like Pittsburgh to win it outright, too, and that's why I wouldn't really shock me if they came and blew them out, just because they're in a really good a spot where they really need to win, just for the you know, playoff impl implications and everything. So this is a game where I like teasing Pittsburgh and get them down to a pick range or even a small favorite or a small underdog. Or, uh, you know, but I'd also like the Giants getting this many points. So, yeah, that just speaks to, like you said, and right, my power rating has a Pittsburgh minus three. That's where I think it should be a you know, field goal type of game, and obviously that's uh, where both bets would win. Yeah, and uh, just one last thing with Pittsburgh, like last week, even though they won by 21, that score is kind of misleading. I didn't, like if Tolzien was playing okay, but they could have very easily, not necessarily lost the game outright, but um, I don't think you look at those last two games where they won by 15 and 21, came away thinking, oh, wow, Pittsburgh's back, their offense is clicking, and their defense has been playing well. And, you know, it's just, uh, I don't know, I need to see it against a halfway decent team that doesn't have, McCown or or Tolzien starting before I start buying into Pittsburgh as a, a elite or well above average team again this year. So next up we got is the Sunday night game. Uh, this would have been a really good game a year ago or two years ago, but we got Carolina at Seattle. A little playoff uh, rematch from last year. My guess on this one was Seattle minus six. What did you have? Yeah, sandwich right between that. At Seattle minus five and a half is my guess. My power rating had Seattle minus six and a half, and the opener was Seattle minus six and a half, as well as a look ahead at the Westgate. And pretty much uh, constant Seattle money here. Not not a ton, but enough uh, to push it to seven. I've seen it either six and a half, some few seven flats, South Point, MGM, and Vegas. Uh, and then, yeah, six and a half. So anywhere from six and a half to seven uh, in Seattle. So, yeah, like I said, decent amount of Seattle money, and not, not surprising there's not a whole lot of Carolina support. They don't really have anything to play for, but even with that said, I don't. Seattle, yeah, they got embarrassed last week. They didn't put up any points on offense, but you know they're they're in complete command and control of the NFC West and the closest person you know with the Rams, San Francisco, and Arizona. Arizona's what four six and one, and Seattle's seven three and one. So you know they got a three game lead right there, three game cushion. And yeah, if Arizona wins and they lose. It, be different, but it's not like they're sitting there, someone like Pittsburgh, where they have the foot to the pedal and you know, in urgency mode. You know, they have control and there's, they could try to get a better uh, seed in the, in the playoffs. But still, it, this is a game. You know, I could see, yeah, them coming out pretty good and everything. I maybe like them if you if you wanted to bet Seattle, I'd definitely like them for more of a, a first half or first quarter type of bet and taking laying the, a smaller mar margin there at the points. But for the whole game, I just I feel like they're going to be sitting on a lead and and and. Uh, I won't want to be laying this many points uh, with Seattle. I did, I did have a power rating at six and a half. I would, you know, lean if it was a little bit lower than that, and you know, five six range. But six and a half, seven now, it's you know, getting a little too pricey, and I don't want to get really involved with that. Yeah, I think it's a decent, um, decent spot for Seattle. You know, after, after losing in Tampa like it did in pretty embarrassing fashion, and then coming back for a prime time game, I think you're going to get a really good effort out of Seattle. And Carolina going across country to Oakland, losing that game in a pretty, uh, you know, depressing, disappointing way to lose it there when they kind of had it in hand late, but blowing up by three to a good Raiders squad. And then they're traveling back to Carolina. And then they're going all the way back up Pacific Northwest. That's a pretty, pretty trickly, tricky traveling uh, situation there. So, I mean, it is a primetime game, so it should affect a little bit less, but, um, you know, Seattle obviously is one of those teams that has a pretty big home road split too. So once they get that place rocking for prime time, um, 
I don't really know if I have a whole lot of interest in stepping in against Seattle, but I also give Carolina enough credit to the point where I don't really feel comfortable laying six and a half against them either. So um, for me, this is a pretty easy pass and uh, be kind of curious. So just from a watching standpoint, if, uh, I, I think like if, if Carolina loses this one and drops to four and eight and Atlanta wins and they're eight and four, um, Carolina would be four games out of the division, you know, probably like whatever, it's two and a half, three out of the wild card. Uh, Carolina could be a team that potentially packed in here late. Um, not that they will for sure, but I think that's one takeaway from this game is to watch and see how Carolina is likely to come out of this one. But I won't be involved from a monetary standpoint, which more of a interest standpoint here. Uh, the last game we got is the Monday night game between the likely Andrew Luck-led Indianapolis Colts at the Ryan Fitzpatrick-led New York Jets. Um, my guess on this one was Indy minus two and a half. What did you have here? This one, my guess was Indy minus one and a half. My power rating was Indy minus one. The Westgate opened Indianapolis minus two and a half, and the look ahead was Indianapolis minus two and a half. Uh, and then that quickly got bet down to the one one and a half range uh, almost immediately. And then um, right now it's sitting at one, one and a half, two, two and a half. So. Somewhere in there, and Luck actually is, he, he passed the protocol uh, tests and everything for concussions, so he's probable and likely to play uh, for Indianapolis, and Fitzpatrick will be uh, leading the, the helm in the, in, for the New York Jets. So, I, uh, this be, uh, we had some pretty good games this week, but unfortunately this is not one of them. Uh, point spread-wise it is, but I don't, uh, I don't really... Not going to be too entertaining. I mean, I guess, yeah, it should be somewhat close uh, according to the point spread. But from a handicap perspective, it's, uh, it's either Indianapolis or pass for me. Uh, I think I have a decent lean to Indianapolis at one, assuming Luck's good to go and everything, which that's the part that you're not really sure. But, I mean, you would think he'd be good to go in 100%. But if he is or anywhere close to that, even 80 90%, I'd, I think I like Indianapolis as a short favorite here. I just don't really like the Jets at all. They're, uh, you know. Not much to play for. They've been pretty shaky all season, and and like you mentioned before, it's uh, uh, not not a division game. It's an interconference game, which you know that's not really too exciting or anything like that. So, be an indier pass for me here, and I I won't be surprised this line got to a, a, a three for uh, Indianapolis. Well, this one's within the AFC, so it's a never in, intra conference game. Yeah, that's why, a, I guess that's why that's why I meant. But uh, yeah, no, I. Uh, there's especially the Jets coming off that game against the Patriots since the fact that they're pretty much out. I mean, what, they basically are out of the, the playoff on at three and eight. Um, I think that <laughs> I think we can safe to say <laughs> you can safely uh, put them in their grave and start digging putting the dirt on them. But I think that was kind of their Super Bowl last week was to try to upset the the Pats and fell a little bit short, although they were right there. But I think that was probably the premier effort you're going to get from the Jets. So. Being the fact that it's a Monday night game helps a little bit. You know, they'll probably come out a little bit better effort than I would if there was a, you know, random Sunday game. So I don't, uh, I don't totally discount the fact they're going to completely roll over just based on the fact it's a primetime game. But, uh, this is obviously way more important to Indianapolis. And, and now they've had a little bit of extra rest after the Thanksgiving game. And then you get luck back likely. Uh, I think. I'm not high on India. I haven't been all year, but I think the Jets are 
not one of the worst couple teams in the league, but they're in that next tier of bad teams. And I don't have a whole lot of faith in them at all. And uh, Indy needing this game so bad. And luck coming back, I think, will be a huge help. And they were rolling a little bit there before uh, one, three, or four before the last week. So I think the Indy's by a decent amount uh, the better team here. And when you're only laying a point, point and a half, I think that's the uh, the way to go. I don't think the Jets' home field is too strong right now. The fact that they're three and eight, and the game's basically meaningless to them. I don't think uh, the home field's going to play that big of a role. So I like Indy quite a bit here. I'll definitely be betting them uh, at some point this week, and don't mind laying the one here on the road. So that uh, concludes uh, the analysis there of uh, all the games going this week. And uh, now let's head on over and uh, back up into that Concept Corner. Now, clear your head as we back into Concept Corner. All right, so instead of a, uh, a new betting concept, per se, this week we're just going to do a little bit of a departure from that. And Rob's with, uh, what do we got, four weeks left here in the season? Rob's going to do a little uh, look at the uh, division odds and see if there's anything that stands out uh, that we might either like to bet or just think that uh, is an interesting uh, pricing for where the market has these teams to win the division. So, Rob, you want to uh, start us off there? Yeah, let's just go uh, division by division. A few of these, like the you know, AFC East, aren't going to be too you know, much to break down, but we can, uh, we'll start here with the NFC East. we got the Cowboys at minus 1,200, Giants plus 800, and the Washington Redskins at plus eighteen hundred, and this is all odds at uh, with sportsbook.ag. So I, I guess this is one we probably didn't really need to m- mention much. Cowboys pretty much control this uh, their own destiny, or they do, I should say, and pretty much looking like they're going to win the division. So maybe not much to say on this one. Yeah, nothing. Uh, just, just move on. <laughs> all right, and then uh, NFC North, we got the Lions at minus one sixty. Green Bay at plus 320, and the Minnesota Vikings at plus 400. So this is a little bit interesting. If you trust the Lions to hold on here at minus 160, I can't, I can't imagine laying that, but I also don't trust the Vikings to do anything. So the only way I could look here is you know, more than 3-1 to one here with the Green Bay. If they can somehow get their everything together, which I'm not def, not necessarily convinced, but the only, thing, the only way the Lions get upset here, I think, would be the Packers coming and taking it out from them. So I might be worthy of a really small bet on that, but I don't know if uh, – I'm not really sure. That would be the only way I could look here. Yeah, the uh, Packers are two games back right now, right? And then uh, they they got the Texans at home, so they win that. That's the Seahawks – or the Seahawks at home is a tough one. And then they have at the Bears, the Vikings at home, and at the Lions. So say they go – say they lose one of the Seahawks-Vikings-Lions game – or Vikings game, one of those two. They can go um, four and one down the stretch if they can win that last game at the Lions, and then the Lions on the other. They they go to at the Saints this week, and then they have the Bears at the Giants at the Cowboys and the Packers the last game. So even if they they lose to the Saints this week and then split with the Giants or Cowboys, which I think is you know a somewhat optimistic look at those two, two games, they'd still be going into the Packers game where if they lose to the Packers there, they'd lose the tiebreaker because they would have lost both games of the Packers and uh, and they'd have the same record. So I think there's a very feasible a scenario where... Yeah, you might have just sold me on that one. At plus 320, that's a pretty good price. Yeah. I'm not a bunch of a futures guy, but it might be worth a 
look at. Yeah, I think you could very easily see a scenario where, at the very least, going into that Week 17 game, you could hedge out of it or, you know, or at least turn a profit out of it. Um, if not, just let the bet ride at a pretty good value there. So I think uh, I think that's a good bet. All right, so uh, let's head to the NFC South. Falcons are minus five, 400, excuse me. Buccaneers are plus 350. Saints plus 1,700. And the Carolina plus 10,000. So it's, uh, if you basically, Fal- Falcons are the Buccaneers, Tampa Bay, Atlanta, who do you like? If uh, you think Tampa Bay can s- sniff it out. But, you know, this is something I don't really see that happening. I think Atlanta's going to be in the playoffs, and they're a pretty good team, in my opinion. I think the Buccaneers, maybe next year, might, might show a little bit more fight. And, I think this would be a, a no no bet stay away for me. Yeah, absolutely. That's priced priced like it should be. Atlanta's got the Niners, the Rams, the Panthers left on the schedule, and Tampa's got the Cowboys, Chargers, and two with the Saints. So um, I don't trust the Tampa squad at all. I, I I would be kind of inclined to bet against Atlanta, but there's just not a team to do it with. So a uh, pretty easy pass on this division. Yeah, what's the Saints? They're plus 1,700. Is there any chance they could overtake? Yeah, that's just too... I like the Saints team, but just from the record standpoint and everything, it's just going to be tough, tough path for them to win the division. Yeah, and they're, I do like. they're two back, and they lost the first game against the Falcons, so they'd have to win the Week 17 at the Falcons. Plus, they'd have to pick up another one along the way, but they play the Bucks twice at the Cardinals and then the Lions at home, so I think they got a little harder schedule, and I don't trust them enough really to totally come back, but, I mean, that's what the price is there for, obviously. Yeah. All right, let's move along to the NFC West. Uh, this, we don't really need to talk about. I'll just say the odds. Seahawks are minus seventy five hundred. Carolina, or sorry, Cardinals are plus fifteen hundred, and the Rams are plus twenty five thousand. So um, yeah, we don't need to say much about that. AFC East, kind of the same deal. Patriots are minus six thousand. The Dolphins are plus two thousand, and the Bills are plus sixty five hundred. We'll just skip over again. Yeah. All right, AFC North. Do uh, you have something to say? No, I was just saying. Yep, skip over that. Uh, and then AFC North, a little bit more competitive. We have the Steelers actually at minus 220, and the Ravens are plus 180, and the Bengals are plus 15,000. So um, this is a little interesting. I think uh, right now, obviously, Baltimore is leading the division, so a lot of support for the Steelers here. That's you know, laying that 220 chalk. But uh, I don't know. I think it's kind of is true. But I don't really know if it has much to say. It's more to say of anti-Baltimore in my eyes, more, the, more so than pro Pittsburgh, so I think it is priced decently accurate, though. I think it's a combination of two. I think, uh, based on the line this week, I think the markets are still high on Pittsburgh and, and giving them credit for being a top-tier team, even though they really haven't shown that yet. But I think they do have that potential, and I do. But I do agree that there is a decent amount of anti-Baltimore sentiment. And just looking at the schedules here, Baltimore plays the Dolphins at the Patriots, Eagles at Steelers at Bengals. So that's not. Not the easiest of schedules. And then Pittsburgh plays um, the Giants at home, at Bills, at Bengals, Ravens at home, and then Browns at home. So I think this Browns Steelers have a little bit easier of a schedule. I think are a better team. And the records are the same right now. Even though Baltimore currently has the tiebreaker, um, if Pittsburgh wins that game against Baltimore at home, I think they would get a tiebreaker back. So I do think uh, Pittsburgh's won that division. But 220 is a little pricey. Uh, the back home, so I think I just stay away from this one. All right, let's move along to the uh, AFC South. Houston is minus 120. Tennessee is plus 200. Indianapolis is plus 400. I think this is arguably 
one of the most uh, one that's most up in the air, right along with the NFC North. Uh, this one, I it's tough. It, it's, I think it's kind of I don't know. I I think I like Indy and making a little late run, especially if you get a four to one. Kind of feel similar to the Packers, where they kind of seem like a sleeper. And if you can get four to one here for them to win the division, and that, you know they could win it at eight and eight or nine and seven. I I think uh, I, I might put a little bet in on the Colts here. So the one Indy's at the Jets, the Texans at home, at the Vikings, at the Raiders, Jags at home. So that's doable. Say, I mean, you could win at the Jets, you could beat the Texans at home, split the Vikings and Raiders games, and then beat the Jags at home. So they could go four and one. And then on the flip side, Houston. So what are they right now? They're a game back of Houston. And if they. Yeah, they're five and six, and what's Houston? Yeah. Houston, six and, six five. and five. So Houston has at the Packers, at the Colts, Jags at home, Bengals at home, at the Titans. So that's not the toughest schedule. So they could, if they lost the Colts game and then lost to the Packers this week, and I guess they could lose at the Titans. So maybe if they went two and three. So yeah, I mean, I could see a scenario where the, uh, where the Colts could win that division. What price did you say they were at? Plus 400. Yeah, that's a little high, I think. And then the Titans, they're obviously a factor too, but they play Broncos at home at the Chiefs and then the Texans last week. So I think they could easily lose two of those. Um, so yeah, I think that's, I like, I agree with you on the Colts. I don't like the Colts a whole lot as a team, but they do have luck. And, and like I said, the schedule kind of works out for them fairly well there. So, um, I agree. All right. So that's, uh, last one here. Uh, where's my mouse at? A, uh, the AFC West. Another tight one. You have the Raiders plus 115, the Chiefs plus 125, the Broncos plus 550, and the Chargers are 20, plus 25,000. Um, I don't know. What do you think on this one? Um, I don't know. I think I think I kind of like the the Raiders to hold on in it, but I don't think the price is really right to necessarily back that. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. Um, I mean, the Broncos, I think, they're, what, two games back now? Plus the tiebreakers is tough. Yeah. So, I mean, they got the Jags, Titans, Patriots at home, and at the Chiefs, Raiders at home. So, I think they could potentially go 4-1 and one there or 3-2. and two. But the problem is Oakland, they get the Bills at home this week. And then, I mean, they are at Chiefs, at Chargers, at Broncos. And then Colts at home, so there's a decent amount of you know three division road games, which is tough. But I don't know. I just I don't feel confident enough in the Chiefs or the Broncos to necessarily overtake the Raiders there. All right. So yeah, it's uh, just kind of want to do that for a little fun. We'll switch it up from the normal uh, concept corner and kind of pretty relevant here. So what would your recommendation be out of be Green Bay or Indianapolis? Right, between two weeks like the most yeah between green bay and indy um i'd say i'd like green bay slightly more but obviously when you're getting plus 320 compared to plus 400 on indy i guess i'd almost no i think i'd probably stick with the packers at plus 320 would be the, my one i would like more i think i'd uh i'd lean i think i'd think they're both obviously good best but i'd lean a little bit to indianapolis there um okay. it's funny because i don't like either of those teams when we've kind of been you know bashing them a little bit all season but I think the price is right and uh, the path is right. So that's the way I'd go. 
So anyway, let's uh, head on over and finish up the podcast with a little uh, pick of the week. The AS Pick of the Week. All right, Rob. So we're both coming in hot here on our Picks of the Week. Uh, I had that turkey teaser last week with the Vikings plus eight and a half and the Steelers down to, uh, were they two and a half? And uh, both got there fairly easily. So that bumps me up to six, three, and one now in the season for my picks of the week. And then you got there with Washington also on Thanksgiving. So that gets you up to six and four now. And good old uh, Thanksgiving sweep. That's right. Can't argue with that. So that's good to see both uh, both a uh, couple games above 500 there in the, the picks of the week. So hopefully we can keep her going here. Uh, it's still just been pounding around the fairway, so no need to go up the tee box quite yet. Um, I think, I mean, uh, based on the length of time we spent on this one, I think you know where I'm going with this. I just think the, the market's wrong here, and uh, yeah. it's out of whack. So I, no, su- no surprise. I think uh, Chicago, say minus one and a half, I think is a fair grade on that one based on where the market's at right now. So I'll take uh, Chicago minus one and a half as my pick of the week here. Where Where are you looking? Um, I, one of my strongest plays all week is going to be on Washington, but it just, at two and a half, I'm trying to wait to see if a three will pop up, but I'm not convinced it will, and I can't do it right now anyway, so I think I might, might go over to the same game and, and, uh, look toward the total and take, uh, San Francisco, Chicago over, over 43 and a half for my pick of the week. All right, so anybody who's, uh, tailing our picks of the week, and we've won a couple in a row each here. Uh, no need to parlay those together. Just uh, bet them straight, and hopefully at worst I'll get a split out of them. But uh, you only have to focus in on one game, even though it's a disgusting game to watch from a fan perspective. Uh, from a betting perspective, sometimes those are the best ones. So uh, I know we'll both be paying uh, pretty close attention to it, and uh, hopefully uh, it goes the way we're expecting it to. So there's uh, that concludes the, the Week 13 pod. Best of luck to you this week, Rob, and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to the Arone Sports Podcast. Check out aronesports.com for all of your sports betting needs, including automatic bet tracking, mobile notifications, free picks, and more.